welcome to Let's Talk Lettings, the podcast aimed at helping landlords in today's marketplace. I'm your host, Jane Jenrick, Head of Lettings for a number of countrywide London lettings brands. Today we're going to talk about the Renters Reform Bill, what it is and what it means for landlords, with expert insight from Andrew Corverwell, Head of Compliance for Lettings and Sales at Countrywide, and with over 35 years experience in the industry. Andrew, the Renters Reform Bill is sure to be of interest to many landlords. Can you tell me more? Yes, the bill will undoubtedly be of interest to landlords, um, given that arguably it looks set to represent the biggest shakeup of landlord and tenant law uh, since changes were made to the Housing Act back in the 1990s. Now, mention was first included in the Conservative um, General Election Manifesto way back in uh, 2019, with it originally set for inclusion in the legislative plan for 2020. Um, unsurprisingly, uh, coronavirus um, put paid to its immediate passage. But that said, signals from within government around its imminent introduction you know, have been cited. And what will this likely mean for landlords and tenants? Well, Jane, you know, the headline act here is the proposed abolition of uh, Section 21 um, as a mechanism for landlords to seek possession of their property. Mm. Um, refresh our memories. What is Section 21? Uh, Section 21 of the Housing Act is the method by which a landlord can seek possession of their property, either at the end of a fixed term tenancy, when it's rolled over into a periodic state, so you know, continues month by month, and less commonplace outside of London um, when invoking um, any break clause that's contained within the agreement. Latterly, it's become known as a way of facilitating no-fault evictions, as opposed to using notice under Section 8 of the Housing Act, where a tenant is, uh, let's say, for example, in arrears or has breached the terms of their agreement in some other way. If Section 21 is abolished, how and when will a landlord be able to gain possession of their property? Uh, Well, yeah, that's to be confirmed. But mention of landlords only being able to obtain possession when, for example, uh, they wish to sell um, or to move back into the property, uh, that's widely been suggested as uh, possible outcomes. In practice, is this not how it works anyway? Um, Arguably, yes. Um, Insofar as landlords... um, usually want continuity of income and so you know as apart from you know when they wish to sell the property or move back into it um, as you say they're usually happy for a tenant to stay uh, for as long as they wish but that said you know there is some concern and genuine concern in my opinion around how landlords are perceived by government when you look at the basis um, for some of the proposed changes and the potential for an unfair balance in the landlord and tenant relationship um, you know, there, there are times when, when you could be forgiven for thinking that you know, somehow all landlords assume the role of the devil incarnate in a world of perfectly angelic tenants, you know, which, of course, you know, is, is, is far from the truth. In reality, there are occasions where through no fault of a landlord, the landlord and tenant relationship breaks down as a result of, let's say, unreasonable behaviour by the tenant or indeed their expectations of the landlord. Now, where this is the case, you know, the prospect of landlords being locked into long-term tenancy um, will be an obvious cause for concern. And you know, the same also might be said for the wider community, given, for example, the challenges faced in gaining possession for antisocial behaviour. Landlords will therefore perhaps not unreasonably say, well, you know, why would I seek to evict a good tenant without genuine reason? And so why change things? Well, I guess we'll see how this argument lands. Why is this being considered? 
Uh, government's motivation, I think, is, is clear in terms of looking to address concerns raised by tenant bodies, that um, tenants living under the threat of being asked to leave their home with only a few months notice for, you know, kind of no fault of their own, hence the birth of the phrase no fault eviction, um, yet it is not fair and reasonable on tenants for a number of reasons, not least the increased costs associated with moving home and, you know, for instance, where they have children, you know, schooling considerations. Now, you know, Noble aims, arguably, but, you know, counter to that is the argument that if landlords are concerned at gaining possession, they might exit the rental market, so leading to um, a shortage of rental property. Is there likely to be any good news for landlords? Uh, yep. Um, insofar as improvements to the court process are included uh, to make it quicker and easier for landlords to get their property back when the time comes. Uh, the coronavirus aside, at present, the process is at best protracted. Now, noble aim, but reforms to the court service are unlikely to be speedy in their implementation or indeed cheap to achieve. Now, if changes are implemented on, let's say, a piecemeal basis, the risk for landlords not gaining possession you know, is very real and uh, an understandable cause for concern. Am I correct in thinking that changes to deposits are included? Uh, yes, that's correct. Mention has been made of a new lifetime deposit, meaning that tenants will not have to find a new deposit every time they move home. Surely landlords will be asking why this is needed when the deposit from their old property is returned, provided they've looked after it. Again, that's correct. But there is an inevitable delay as the condition of their old home is assessed and you know, the negotiations for the deposits return completed. So in practice, tenants are therefore bridging uh, the deposit gap um, and sometimes using expensive methods of borrowing, such as credit cards and you know, even high interest short term loans. And in a worst case scenario, the requirement to effectively fund two deposits, even for a short time, might deter tenants from moving when otherwise they would wish to do so. In essence, leaving them trapped. In your opinion, is this good news or bad news for the rental market? Uh, well, generally, you know, the current tenancy regime you know, is certainly long overdue an overhaul um, and needs bringing you know, squarely into the 21st century. Um, and so, you know, providing that changes you know, take into consideration the needs and requirements of both parties and don't seek to unfairly benefit one over the other, then, you know, broadly speaking, I think this represents a great opportunity to modernise the rental market. That said, if the balance tips unfairly towards the tenant, then government risks driving landlords from the market and so reducing you know, the stock of available property. On that subject, is it true that government's looking to drive small landlords from the market? This is certainly an opinion that's been fairly widely proffered over recent years. Um, you know, in that government would prefer to see um, you know, amateur mom and pop landlords, and I hasten to add that's not my phrase, um, replaced by large private rented sector build to let institutional landlords. Now, one of many flaws um, in that approach, you know, if indeed it's true, um, is that institutional investors are a long way from bridging any gap created by, you know, let's say, the wholesale exiting of the rental market by individual landlords. And concerns you know, have also been raised in, again, you know, if this is true, it represents a paradoxical approach in that the shortage of rented property will almost certainly drive up rents and you know, therefore disadvantage those very people government seeks to protect. So where can I go for further information? Uh, well, you can monitor progress of the bill at uh, gov.uk. Um, and as usual with these topics, um, uh, developments uh, when the time comes are likely to be fairly widely reported in the press, I think. Thank you for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Lettings. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for future episodes through our usual podcast service. Remember to share on social media. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.